What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative, and I am your host, Brett McGrath. I am feeling rejuvenated. I'm feeling fresh. I am wide-eyed and bushy-tailed coming back off the beach and coming to you live, kind of, live the tape in your ear holes. Let's go. We all need vacations. If you haven't taken a vacation in a while, don't bring your work with you. Just go. Just freaking go. It had been way too long since I had been out on the beach, and it was a hell of a week. We were down in Siesta Key, Florida, just kicking it, having fun with the family. Um, we're usually in Sanibel, but Sanibel got destroyed uh, by the hurricane. It is getting rebuilt, and we'll be back there. But Sarasota, or Sarasota slash Siesta Key was uh, a nice alternative. I ate plenty of wings down at the Salty Dog, tons of them, really great wings. Um, had the seafood, seafood dishes going, um, but it was great. I ate a ton Went on some runs, really good spot to run. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to be back. I did not do any work at all. I had the content for this show pre-recorded. Hopefully you enjoyed those episodes. We're going to talk a little bit about those. But it's been a big week. We came back uh, right on the heels of coming off the plane. We went, visited a new home, put in an offer price, put in an offer, heard it was competitive. Increased said offer and landed a brand new home. That is a big purchase. Hashtag thank you sports cards. Brand new homeowner, um, which is exciting. We I posted this while I was on break in the stories, um, but we're expecting number two, uh, baby girl number two. So I'm severely outnumbered um, in October. So we needed to upgrade. Upgrade the crib. We are still living downtown. A little bit north of the city. I will no longer be walking to the Colts games. I'll have to get behind the wheel or hop in an Uber, whichever one we decide. But we're a lot, a lot of things are happening over here. It's a lot of positive. Go on vacation. All of a sudden, you can announce you're having a kid and also purchasing a new house. But this is not what this show is about. That's my life. But yeah, my life gets integrated into this show. Um, vacations rule, family rules. New houses rule. Um, and I want to thank our unofficial sponsor. And no, it is not combos, although I had combos, uh, pizza flavored. Damn, those are good. If anybody knows anybody from combos out there who wants the Stacking Slabs podcast to 10x their sales, get at me at Stacking Slabs across all social channels. You can email me. Stackingslabs at gmail.com. But today's unofficial sponsor, this week's unofficial sponsor, is Klondike Cones. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Yes, the same brand. Don't know if you know, but they have cones, competitor of the drumstick. We did not go with the drumstick while we were shopping at Publix in Florida. We went with the Klondike Cones because they are delicious. They remind me of childhood, so nostalgic. So next time you are in the frozen section, frozen food section of your local grocery store, 
Stop whatever you're doing. Go reach for the Klondike cones and enjoy having a treat while you're scrolling on your phone, looking for your new cards, or watching your favorite program in the evening because you deserve it. What would you do for a Klondike cone? Yes. Want to shout out Jordan, Northwood's card collector. Love that conversation. Two-time, two-time, two-time guest on the pod uh, talking about dream cards. I think one of the biggest joys of that I get in using this platform is to transfer knowledge. So bringing on a longtime collector, pulling knowledge from those people and sharing it out to the community. Most of the mainstream content is so matter of fact, it is do this, don't buy that, don't invest in this, go invest in that. These cards are going up, go get them, even though you don't give a shit about them. We all have seen this stuff It's the status quo, okay? That's not what we're doing over here on the Stacking Slabs podcast. We don't do that here. We facilitate conversations that are open to interpretation and we're fueling free thinkers abound. And if you're listening to this show, you're a free thinker. You're part of the community. And so what my role in this whole process is, is bringing people to not tell you what to do, but to give you insight on their process. We all have different processes. We all have different strategies. It is ripping and replacing and copying and catting and all of that stuff is lazy. So what we do is we just share. We share information and you do with it what you want to, but hopefully there's a nugget or two that helps you out. And I think daydreaming about cards, keeping your PC fluid is what it's all about. When you daydream about these dream cards, you're dreaming about them, it helps prepare you, us. It helps us set goals and makes it easier for us to sell our cards when our dream cards become available. And I'm a big believer that our PC is one giant story that is constantly changing and this will go on forever. I'm sitting here. After I get done recording this episode, I've got my lanes, but stuff expands, stuff contracts, and I am evaluating my PC, and there are cards that are outliers. The outliers meaning, yeah, they're a player, they're a badass card, but they don't connect back to the broader story of the collection that I'm building, and I've enjoyed these cards for a while, and so this is my opportunity as I'm feeling refreshed, feeling ready to go. It's time for me to look at my PC and say, what's going? Because when you sell stuff, what happens? You get money that you can take confidently to those new places where those that new story or that new chapter of your collection is being written. And so that's what I advise everybody to do. Constantly evaluate the PC. Each chapter signifies a connection and we lose pieces along the way to get other pieces, but that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy that time collecting those cards. It's just time to go. And so I'm really happy Jordan came on the podcast to talk a little bit about that. Um, We're going to be talking about a lot of topics on this episode because we mostly do. I'm back. And like I said, I'm feeling good and want to preview Friday's conversation with you. This is what we typically do at this juncture. I've got my man, Justin. Justin has two handles. You know a collector is serious about a specific product when they create a dedicated handle. 
based on said product and collection. So first and foremost, his primary handle is PB&J's Sports Cards, but he also has a handle, which is how we met 2014 underscore totally underscore certified underscore mirrors. You haven't been able to tell already this guy likes totally certified mirror parallels. So do I. I have met Justin. Um, He is someone who we have a common connection in the hobby. We're in a group chat together about this set. I have bought cards off of Justin. So we're going to talk specifically about this parallel, but also the beneficiary side effects that can take place when we are focusing in and shrinking the hobby C and connecting with other people who like what we like. I am really fired up to have this conversation and share it with all with all of you. And so that's what we're going to do. How are you all feeling out there? Are you fired up about your collections? Are you losing cards at auction? Are you winning cards at auction? Do you need to shake shit up? Are there a card on your watch list that's been sitting there for a while and you're trying to figure out how in the hell am I going to make this card happen? I really need it. Just shake your shit up. Time to do it. Now is better than, there's no time better than now. If you have thought about it for over a week, two weeks, three weeks, stop everything. That card needs to be yours. Make that shit part of your PC. No time to waste. Let's freaking go. I want to transition in because we are almost freaking there. And this is, in my lifetime as a sports fan, and I got to also, I'll make this statement too before we get into this. NBA playoffs are here. I spent, as I record this, we're on the second day of the playoffs. Um, So a lot will have shifted around by the time this goes live. But I sat down on Saturday, watched some hoop, and we'll just say this. Man, there are a lot of series that we probably don't even need. And this seems like this constantly happens. But I'm mostly looking at the East. It's like, man, this is uneventful, not very exciting. Um, start to the playoffs. I think a lot of chalk is going to go on. Hopefully things will start to get a little more competitive. Um, We did see the Knicks and Cavs game, I think, is a little outlier there. That was fun. Um, I think that'll be a good series, but most of the other series, probably not so much. The West, I think, is a different story. I'm going to tell you right now, as a person who has absolutely no dog in this race, I'm a Pacers fan. Yes, if we're on a rebuild, this year was about as fun as you possibly can have. And I'm excited about the future of my franchise. But as someone, as an outsider who likes basketball, who's just watching what's happening, I'll tell you what right now, if I could have any possible outcome to happen, give me the stars, my finals, what I would want. I would want the Lakers so I could see LeBron versus the Bucks so I could see Giannis. I know if you're a fan of any other team, Outside of the Lakers and Bucks, you're saying, no, we don't want that. But that's what I'm just telling you. That's what we, that's what I want. I want to see old versus new battling it out in a seven game series. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. Probably not, but that's what I'll be cheering for. And I'm excited to watch the Lakers versus the Grizzlies after I get done with this. Yes, that's going to be a series. Don't mess with the King. I'm excited to see LeBron go nuts. I know there's a lot of LeBron haters out there, but I love watching LeBron play. He is a a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. And speaking about once-in-a-lifetime, we got the NFL draft 
and it's not once in a lifetime. And there's no one really positioned as once in a lifetime talent um, on this. But I'll tell you this, I have been consuming more NFL draft content than I ever have, full stop. The last two weeks, that were less than two weeks from the draft, and you know the focus for me and why I've, I'm always addicted to draft content. But you know, being in a position where your top four pick, my team, we're drafting a quarterback, in all likelihood, Lord willing, if we didn't draft one, I would be. Um, it'd be a. It'd be very dark. But yeah, I've been doing my homework research. There's been a lot going on, but you know, let's just focus in because this is a quarterback driven league. Talk a little bit about the four quarterbacks because I haven't done that. So we got your Bryce Young, your CJ Stroud, your Anthony Richardson, and your Will Levis. There's no sure thing in this draft. Everyone has flaws, but everyone has their strengths too. I think one thing that needs to be pointed out is that QBs not named Mahomes or Burrow really rely coming out of college into the draft on situation in coaching. We have seen so many quarterbacks, and I've got some data here. I'm going to share some data. We've seen so many quarterbacks fail. Sometimes they're just not good enough, but in most cases, bad situation, bad coaching. Think about Trevor Lawrence before Doug Peterson came in. Now, Trevor Lawrence was viewed as a potential once-in-a-lifetime type player. Rookie year, There's always bumps in the road, but you can't tell me the fact that Doug Peterson came in there, that that didn't help influence Trevor Lawrence in a positive way. This team freaking made the playoffs and Trevor Lawrence, especially on the second half of the season, looked like the player who everyone had been talking about going into the draft. I mentioned Joe Burrow. I mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Those guys, in my opinion, didn't don't necessarily need the right situation or the right coaches. They are generational type players and they would be good in any circumstance. I think Josh Allen would be th- that now, but it did take the right pieces, coaching and surrounding area for Josh Allen to maximize his talent and traits. I've been thinking a lot about these f- quarterbacks really like basic one, two, three, not ranking them, but my, for my situation, I'll tell you this as a Colts fan. Number one, I want to draft a quarterback. Number two, I would like for them to move up to three. I don't think they're going to trade to move up to three, but I would like for them. Number three, most importantly, Shane Steichen is the quarterback whisperer. Philip Rivers, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, proven track record. He's the coach of my team now. So I believe based on the situation and being around the right coaches, the quarterback that the Colts end up with, it's, it's marginal. It's, it's the, it's marginal. It's like splitting hairs, but I, I trust the fact that they're entering a situation with a quarterback whisperer and Shane Steichen will maximize those traits. At least I hope. Uh, at least I hope so. There's a lot to like out about a lot of these players. So I'm I'm not waving any player's flag. I'm trusting in the process. But one thing I thought was absolutely insane that I looked at some data and looked from 1990 to 2022, there have been 85. 
five first-round quarterbacks selected since 1990. 80 freaking five, okay? Now, man, I'm debating, should I just, I'm going to just, I'm going to rip through this list really quick. 91, Dan McGuire. 92, David Klinger, Tommy Maddox. 93, Drew Bledsoe, Rick Meyer. 94, Heath Schuler, Trent Dilfer. 95, Steve McNair, Kerry Collins. 96, there wasn't one. 97, Jim Drunkenmiller. Shout out 49ers fans. 98, Peyton freaking Manning, Ryan Leaf. 99, Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Akili Smith, Dante Culpepper, Cade McNown. 2000, Chad Pennington. 2001, everybody love Mike Vick. 2002, David Carr, Joey Harrington, Patrick Ramsey. 03, Carson Palmer, Byron Leftwich, Kyle, I wish I was a bowler, Rex Grossman. 2004, such a legendary year. Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Big Ben, you can't forget J.P. Lossman. 05, Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers, Jason Campbell. 06, Vince Young, Matt Liner, Jay Cutler. 07, Jamarcus Russell, Brady Quinn. 08, Maddie Ice, Joe Flacco. 09, Matthew Stafford, Mark Sanchez, Josh Freeman. 10, Sam Bradford, Timmy Tebow. 2011, Cam Newton, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder. 2012, Andrew Luck. Miss you, buddy. RG3, Ryan Tannehill, and Brandon Whedon, 13, EJ Manuel, 14, Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, 15, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, 16, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Paxton Lenz, 17, Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, 18, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, 19, Kyler Murray, Danny Dimes, Dwayne Haskins, RIP, 2020, Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, 21, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, 22, Kenny freaking Pickett. All right, how about this? Since 1990, there is one Hall of Famer, one person enshrined quarterback from the Hall of Fame or drafted in the first round who's a Hall of Famer, just one out of those 85, and that's Peyton Manning. Is that insane? Think about our expectations going into these things. Now we have this long list of likely Hall of Famers. I'll put Eli Manning. I'll put Philip Rivers, Big Ben, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, all likely Hall of Famers on pace for the Hall of Fame. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, potentially. But just thinking about this data, looking at this data, expectations should be lower. It's really freaking hard to hit. It is really hard to hit. More names on that list sucked than or were in the wrong situation. You think about the Hall of Famer on the list there, Peyton Manning. He struggled to begin with, but he put up the numbers. But it was about having the right pieces around him. Forever he didn't have the right defense. And until he got the right defense, he finally won, won a Super Bowl. You really got to look at these things year over year. Look at, put it all into perspective. And most importantly, since this is a podcast about sports cards, Be careful because the odds of getting someone who is worthy of the prices that are being paid up front is very, very low. There's not a lot of Peyton Mannings out there. Just the fact of the matter. It's how it works. We have the data to prove it. I ripped a box, WWE Prism 2023. Happy Prism launch. I was out of town when this was going on. I'm a Prism Mark. I'm a fan. This is a standard card of wrestling card product. 
um, actually hit an aqua rock out of 49 and a gold Damien Priest. It was fun. Just needed a little ribski. Um, I love the excitement that pr- uh, Prism brings. I would recommend, uh, he's been a guest on the show, but WWE Gelman, Adam Gelman is putting out a lot of content, not just on Prism, but wrestling cards all the time. Go check out his stuff. Really enjoy what some of the commentary that's going around. And I have purchased a card and I'm excited to get this in the mail. And it's just the the key is relationships, friends, my man Drake at Drake's PC. You all know Drake. He gave me a little lead on a Roman Reigns gold prism that I'm waiting for it to come. Add that to my collection. Excited about wrestling cards. Always shout out to all you wrestling card collectors. I got a message from a listener that really landed. It made me feel good. I don't usually read stuff to put myself over, but I put this out in my story and wanted to revisit it because it's what this show is all about. Here it is. Hey, Brett, wanted to write this message to you about how I have been enjoying your podcast recently. In the past, I would check in on your show periodically, but wasn't a regular. Now you becoming a must listen. I've really tried to understand the psychology aspect of collecting. I guess more of the why we collect versus what we collect per se, which while isn't at the forefront of every episode, you offer nuggets of wisdom throughout your show is the reason I became truly unhappy with my collection. I took stock in what I had amassed and accumulated over the years and realized it lacked direction. I lacked being the CEO of my collection. I realized I was super guilty of buying lots of $10 cards and kind of that I kind of liked and then not being able to justify the $100 card that I absolutely love. Thanks to you, I've had a hobby epiphany and my perspective on how I want to collect and will be collecting going forward has shifted. This type of shit means everything to me. The psychology aspect of collecting is everything. Psychology is the scientific study of the mind and behavior. We are, as human beings, accustomed to being uh, buying on impulse, being very reactionary because we see something that we like, so we just go do it. But if we dig into the psychology, dig into the deep reflecting and consideration, we begin as collectors to build and curate a collection that is one of a kind, one of a one, unique, and is significant to us. And that's what it's all about. So really appreciate that. I want to spend some more time talking about comps and why comps don't fucking matter. Uh, I've got some lot of room on this. Um, I was thinking about just integrating it into this episode, but we'd probably run way over and we don't need to run way over. But just wanted to call that out. I don't think comps matter in all situations. Uh, If you believe in this, shout out to you. If you don't, let's talk about it. But this is something I want to dig into in a next episode or two. One of the things that I wanted to make sure I did before I got out of here is start a new little segment here. And one thing that I want to do here is open up my eBay app and I'm going to go to my watch list and I'm going to go to cards that have ended and I'm going to share some perspective about some of these cards why they were on my watch list I think I'm a favorite guy I favorite everything I favorite cards that I I'm going want to go after I favorite cards that I just that I have and want to see the results I favorite cards that I have no intention going after but I just want to see what type of market they have at this point so i've got my watch list do you favorite shit 
favoriting stuff rules. It can't. I'm I'm max out my favorites. I'm a a favoriting uh, connoisseur and probably need a support group because I've got too many favorites. But I all my activity drives off of my watch list. When I open up my eBay app, the first thing I do is go to my active and then I look at ending. So I want to talk about some of these cards that are at the top of my watch list that have ended. So these cards are over. If you've won them and you're part of this, congratulations. Um, but just looking at the top. So I have a 2015 Topps Chrome WWE Gold Refractors Roman Reigns out of 50 raw had 13 bids, ended at 224.50. I had this card saved because I own a copy in PSA 9 and wanted to see what it what it goes for. My thinking about this, I would certainly 224, almost 225 is a nice price. If I didn't have this card, I would have been all over it. But one of the th- reasons that I'm looking at this is because if you collect wrestling cards and you are seeing what's happening with prism and everything else it's definitely not as wild as it was in 2022 but wrestling card collectors more than anyone else that their attention shifts out new products it's like new product comes out everyone shifts and then there's all these other existing cards or previous licenses that to me scream opportunity so second year gold second roman reigns gold for under 300 dollars Seems like a nice buy. So if whoever got that, congratulations. There was a slew of Patrick Mahomes white white sparkle cards that literally like all of them. The, there was like the 19, the 20, 21, and 22 BGS and PSA 9s ranging from, you know, $382 all the way up into $1,500. Um, and I wanted, just wanted to see how these these what these cards were going for just to get some perspective one thing that i found interesting on these is that the 2018 went for 1500 in a bgs9 um well all the other years were around 400 dollars. that seems wild maybe the 18 white sparkles are more limited i did not dig into the data but that's something that i'm looking at i also here's one 2003 Topps Chrome Gold X-Fractor Peyton Manning, one of my favorite Peyton Manning cards out of 101. I've got this in a PSA 9. This is like a never sell for me. Encased, a copy of this sold for 450, 41 bins. Seems completely reasonable. I'm looking at these and I'm like, man, it's a good time to buy sports cards. So a monster, we're going to be talking about totally certified. The 14 Aaron Rodgers, mere gold out of five, 3,572 bucks. BGS 9.5, Mama Mia. It's a big boy. That was one of the cards I was thinking about bidding on. I had, I thought it would go for maybe half that. I'm crazy. That thing got some major liftoff. And another one I'll just call out is the 2023 Panini Prism. Brand new Prism product, Gable Stevenson, who still has yet to be on TV. The draft is coming up. He got drafted to Raw last year. His one of one black, 698 bucks. It's crazy. People are still paying this. Although I believe his 2022 black, someone bought that damn thing for 15K. 
<laughs> I don't know. But man, yeah, I just want to do this. I want to spend some more time digging through some of these saved searches that I have, ended auctions, give some context for some of the things that I'm looking at and why. There's so much fun to be had here collecting sports cards. It is an amazing community. It is an amazing escape. I've got a lot on my mind. Hopefully you are enjoying your collecting. Hopefully you are enjoying sports. We're going to be coming back to you with Justin PB and J sports card slash 2014 totally certified mirror. We're having a dandy conversation because that's what we do. Stacking slaps podcast. Thank you for making this your hobby content alternative. Peace out. We'll be back on Friday. <laughs>